It's Angela Yee, and I love to travel. My friends in the U.S. Virgin Islands and I are inviting you to experience their beautiful islands of St. Thomas, St. Croix, and St. John. USVI is literally one of my favorite places. If you're traveling from the U.S., no passport is required, making travel hassle-free. I love the food, the people, the culture, and the beaches. Gorgeous. Add USVI to your vacation list by heading to visitusvi.com. That's visitusvi.com. USVI naturally in rhythm. Hey, ladies, it's Angela Yee. As women, we put our hearts into everything. May is High Blood Pressure Education Month, and it's time to focus on our heart health. Release the Pressure wants to help black women look at self-care as an act of self-preservation. During High Blood Pressure Education Month, let's help get to our goal of 100,000 black women putting their hearts first and learn more about their heart health. Visit iHeartRadio.com slash RTP for official rules and a chance to receive a $1,000 gift card to take care of yourself and prioritize your heart health. That's iHeartRadio.com slash RTP. Delve into the visceral world of hip-hop with the Gangster Chronicles, hosted by MC8 and Big Steel. It's every Thursday, already a know. podcast that aims to unravel the intricate tapestry of one of music's most influential and misunderstood subgenres, gangster rap. Let's go. Gangster Chronicles unpacks the evolution of this uniquely American art form, offering listeners a comprehensive understanding of the significance this genre holds. Listen to the Gangster Chronicles on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey ladies, it's Angela Yee. May is High Blood Pressure Education Month. It's crucial for us, especially as black women, to focus on our heart health. We pour our heart and soul into every aspect of our lives, but often our own health takes a back seat. That's where Release the Pressure comes in. It's all about us, black women, seeing self-care as an essential act of self-preservation. Whether it's for yourself, your family, or our community, your health is invaluable. Let's help get to our goal of 100,000 black women putting their hearts first and learn more about their heart health. Here's how you can join in. Head on over to iHeartRadio.com slash RTP for official rules and a chance to receive a $1,000 gift card to take care of yourself and prioritize your heart health. Let's make our health a priority. Visit iHeartRadio.com slash RTP today. Together, we can make a difference in our health and our lives. Join us and let's take care of our hearts together. What's up? It's Angela Yee. And if you know me, you know I have several businesses. Well, one of them had closed down for a little while, but we just reopened it. And that is my juice bar. It's called Nourish Spot BK. And as soon as we reopened, we were really on the clock to find people who can make juices, sandwiches, acai bowls. When you want the best, you have to act quickly or someone else will get it instead. It's like if you're hiring for your business, you want to find the most talented people for your open roles before the competition scoops them up. So what's the best way? way to do that? ZipRecruiter. ZipRecruiter finds qualified candidates fast. And right now you can try it for free at ZipRecruiter.com slash way up. Maybe you see the perfect candidate. Well, ZipRecruiter's invite to apply feature lets you cut the line. You can invite your top choices to apply and you can even encourage them to apply sooner. Amp up your hiring performance with ZipRecruiter and find the best fast. See why four out of five employers who post on ZipRecruiter get a quality candidate within the first day. Just go to this exclusive web address right now to try ZipRecruiter for free. ZipRecruiter.com slash way up. Once again, that's ZipRecruiter.com slash way up. ZipRecruiter, the smartest way to hire. 
One of the most important things is having our voices represent us. And that's why black representation in media means so much to me and also to the black community. When things happen with current events and entertainment and politics, it is so important that we are speaking for ourselves and not have other people place a narrative on us and who we are and to tell those stories from our point of view. The next generation of influential black voices can be found on NPR's new collection, Black Stories, Black Truths. Black Stories, Black Truths is a celebration of blackness from NPR. Each of NPR's black voices are as distinct, varied, and nuanced as the black experience itself. In the Black Stories, Black Truths collection, you'll hear stories of joy, resilience, empowerment, and creating world-shifting things out of struggle. Every episode is a living account about what it means to be black today, told from a unique black perspective. From Bobby Schmurder to The Wire, Michelle Obama to Reparations, there's no limit to the range of black stories, black truths. Black perspectives haven't always been centered in the telling of America's story. Now, they are the story. In NPR's Black Stories, Black Truths, you'll find a collection of some of NPR's best podcast episodes celebrating the black experience. Here are a feed of episodes from across NPR's podcasts that center black voices. It's NPR Noir. Listen now to Black Stories, Black Truths from NPR wherever you get podcasts. Side bitch sent you a new message. Damn baby I miss you I can't wait to see you. I want you to eat my booty from the back like you did last night. Would you like to reply? You nasty mother Baby. And you got me in here drinking after your like to looking reply water. You nasty mother It's bitch reply. What the Don't even say Don't say Shut mouth. What's up? It's Way Up with Angela Yee, and I have a really special guest, a friend of mine, Just Pam, is here. Hey. Just Pam is a comedian, and y'all know I am the biggest comedy fan. I actually had uh, done this whole thing called Master Your Comedy, which is why this is called Master Your Comedy. And right now, we're talking to Just Pam just about her career, what she has going on, also getting to know your personality. You've done lip service with us before also. Yes, yes. So let's talk about the Just Pam story. Okay. All right. So you're from Jersey. Yes. Okay. Yes. Born and raised in Jersey. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, my life is boring. Yeah, I got nothing no, exciting. Not, no, it's, it's not true. <laughs> and you know what about you that I've noticed, right? Because you do put female comedian on there instead yeah. of just straight comedian. Yeah. But you hang with the guys a lot. I do. Mm-hmm. I do. Um, when I'm with, out with the Plastic Cup boys, I'm normally the only female, you know, female with them. So that's always fun and exciting. Um, <laughs> you know, they always treat me like, treat me like the baby sister of the group. Um, but it's it's just an amazing experience, you know, to be able to be out there with them. And then, you know, everybody's expecting the Plastic Cup boys. And then here comes <laughs> this female out there, you know, and I get a lot of love. I really do get a lot of love when we're on the road and we're traveling and stuff. So it's pretty awesome. So the Plastic Cup Boys, for people who who don't know, Mm -hmm. right? Yes. Talk about... That is um, Kevin Hart's group, um, Kevin Hart and the Plastic Cup Boys. Uh, So when they're on tour with Kevin, I work at McDonald's on fries. (laughs) 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 But when they're not on tour with Kevin, they have their own tour that they do. So Mm -hmm. when they're on tour alone, then then I'm with them. And they have a special on Netflix, right? Yes. Yep, because I watched that. I'm laughing my mask off. <laughs> so yeah. All right. So now tell me how you even hooked up with them. Um, actually, 
Naeem Lynn mm-hmm. from Plastic Cup Boys is actually a childhood friend of mine. Okay. Naeem is going to kill me for telling this story, but he knows this is my story. So <laughs> when I was like five, uh, Naeem used to live across the street from my grandmother. And I used to go play with him. And he had this little yellow bouncy horse. Was he grumpy back then, too? He was not grumpy. Okay. So Five he had this grump. little yellow bouncy horse. And I used to go play with the horse. And he used to always get on the back of my horse. So in oh my, my mind, we went together in my mind. I'm trying to visualize Naeem on the back, on the of, back of my bouncy horse. Right. <laughs> you know, I never let the story go. Um, but literally, we're just childhood friends. Mm-hmm. And, you know, he... Went off to college and became a comedian. And, you know, I was just out here, you know, working a regular job and stuff. And then, you know, finally I was like, I'm going to try it. And I reached out to him first and was like, you know, what do you think of this? And he was like, just try it, you know, do it. And I tried it one time and it was pretty addictive. And I was actually pretty good at it. And I just kept going. So tell me about that first time, because I've seen some people in their first ever (laughs) sets uh, previously, and some people feel like they can just do it. Like, okay, I'm funny. Let me just get on stage. What was your first time like? Um, My first time wasn't, it wasn't even that bad. Mm -hmm. It was actually pretty good. I think I did like 12, 13 minutes. That's a long time. Who are you telling? That's like four rounds in boxing. That's a long time. I did like 12, 13 minutes. Um... And it was, like, awesome. And when I got off stage, there was somebody there who saw me and was like, I got a show coming up and I want you on it. Wow. And it never, and it never stopped from that moment. Like, it's on YouTube under, like, Pamela's first show or something. I got to see think that. One, one of my cousins posted. <laughs> but, yeah, so it's been, you know, you know, a really awesome experience. So. What did you do to prepare for that? Literally, it was the day before. I called somebody and was like, hey, if... You wanted to be a comedian. What do you do? How does this work? And he was like, meet me at this spot tomorrow at 8. Mm-hmm. And I was like, uh, what? And I showed up at the spot. I didn't have no set. I had nothing. I didn't know wow. what I was doing. That's bold. Yes. The day before. <laughs> and it was literally just off of me asking him, like, what if? And this is my what if. Do you remember some of the things you talked about on stage and how you figured it out? And, went, and what do you think when you see it? Oh my god! I don't. I hate to watch myself on video. <laughs> I hate it. I don't like it. I hate to watch my sets. Um, I just I don't know. But I look back at it and it's crazy because some of the stuff I actually took it mm-hmm. and put it into bigger jokes that are some of my best jokes right now. And when you think about it, right? Because people don't understand what comedians go through. Like Chris Rock, his special just came out. Mm-hmm. He has a brand new special, and just the way because I saw that they've been like talking about the material that he's been working on. Like they're. A lot of times you can't have cameras out, right. so you can't record anything, but reporters will go and they'll write out the jokes, you know, that some... I feel like that goes against the code right. of what it's supposed to be, but people don't understand what it's like to work through your material to come up with like a 30-minute set or an hour-long set. What's that process like? That is a whole process. I go through that process with um, with um, Eli all the mm-hmm. time. We will sit across from the table and just go back and forth all day with jokes. We'll sit there and just do random titles. At dinner, we got five titles. Pick something. And we just sit there and create jokes. And we'll be like, ah, nope, that was trash. Ah, oh, that was good. And we take those and then try them out at different comedy clubs. And if it work, if it work a little bit, mm-hmm. we know we got something to go on. If we get nothing, then we're like, we're going to table this for later. And we just build upon it. It might be a small joke. 30 second joke that went to a minute joke that went to like a two minute joke next thing you know you got a whole bit Mm -hmm. on this one topic because every time you get on stage you're going to add something new that you didn't add before so 
I could watch the same set over and over again, but every time I watch it, it's going to be different. Mm-hmm. Like with Donnell. I watched Donnell. Donnell oh, was gosh. like a, a, a genius <laughs> on the stage. But every time I watch Donnell, I could watch his set 10 times. And right. Every time it's going to be like, where did you get that from? Right. Like, he just pulls stuff out the atmosphere. We, we love Donnell. <laughs> and, and, you know, sometimes it's like people want to hear certain jokes. Even if they heard it before, they want to hear it over and over again. Yes. And well, people don't think that. Right. Like, if you go to a Rihanna concert and she sing a song that ain't on her album, you're going to be like, come on, Riri. Like, <laughs> we want to hear the hits. <laughs> sometimes it's like that with comedy, but I feel like sometimes comedians would be like, no, you know, people don't want to hear the same jokes. And sometimes you do because every time you hear it, you hear it a different way. Now, when you say you had a regular job first before you decided to go and <laughs> what's the regular job? Yeah, I still have a regular job. <laughs> okay, no, and people need to know that. <laughs> I do. Right? They might think Pam posting all these flyers and having all these shows and hanging out with Kevin Hart and Naeem Lynn and mm-hmm. Donnell Rawlings, mm-hmm. but you still have a regular and job. I still have a regular job. Yes, okay. I am a, um, <laughs> right now I'm a, I'm a customer service manager. At a payroll company. Okay. So I deal with payroll. Like, I got a serious job. It's too. a real job. You can't real, get I got jokes a job. job. <laughs> so that's what I do. And I've been in like retail management for like forever. So that's always what I did. So it was hard to get into comedy because I was always working like one to 11 or, you know, those weird time frames. So mm-hmm. I could never even really find time to do shows. So um, when, my, when my parents died, that was like, the breaking point for me because mm-hmm. um, my both of my parents passed away during COVID. Um, my mom and dad right. passed away like a month apart. Wow, that's tough. And during that whole time frame, I was already into comedy. My mother was like my biggest fan. Like she pushed and pushed me and was like so excited. Like if she knew I was here right now, she would be outside with like a just pan <laughs> poster in the hallway. I promise you. We need you. that. <laughs> she is like that person. So, um, when they passed away, there was, like, so much going on at the same time. I remember being, um, I forgot what city we were in. We were with the Plastic Cup Boys somewhere. And I was, like, on Zoom with my mom, like, in her, like literally final stage. And as I'm hanging up, literally, I'm hanging up the phone. And they're, like, coming to the stage, just Pam. Oh, damn. And I was, like, and I ended up having, like, one of my greatest performances mm. on stage. And everybody was, like, how? And I was, like, I don't know. I, to this day, I don't. I still don't know how I was able to pull that out. But through that whole period, I never canceled a performance. I never, you know, I think the day of my father's funeral, I had a show that night. It was oh just, gosh. I had to keep going. You know, it was like I had to keep going kind of to keep from mourning. Right. And that was like my relief. That was my outlet. So. Um, Did you ever take the time to grieve and take a break? No. You feel like that is your process. Like, it's the therapy of getting on the stage, yes. making people laugh. Yes. And people who, like, meet me and they, they know, they were like, Pam, we would have never known. We would have never known, like, all the things that you, you know, you were going through during that time. And I'm like, it wasn't for you to know. Right. You know, it was, it was for me to do my job as a comedian and make you laugh and for you to see this side of me and to, you know, be able to receive the energy that I wanted you to receive. And that's that's what I did. But it was hard. Boy, that was hard. But I feel like now it's like my mom is like God in my ship. It's so weird. You know, it's everything that I say kind of comes to comes to pass. You know, mm-hmm. I was like, you know, 
I want to meet Angela Yee. I remember you saying did not. that. I did. <laughs> I promise you. I said, I want to meet Angela Yee. Now you about you, actually. Yeah. Yeah, I was like, I want to meet Angela Yee. You know, I want to do this. And everything that I said I wanted to do happened. Right. You know, even when I started comedy and I was like, I want to be with part of the Classic Cup Boys. I'm like, that's never going to happen. Uh, and it happened. That's know? amazing. Yep. So I just keep speaking that positivity into existence because it's happening you know uh, somebody had told me one time that you should set a quit number for yourself mm -hmm. when you get to a certain number it's time to quit your job and go full-time into your passion ah. <laughs> <laughs> what's that number <laughs> <laughs> i don't know what that number is i tried it for like a year okay um the year my uh, my parents died, I took a year off, and I was like, you know what, I'm gonna go full speed ahead into comedy, and I'm gonna quit my job, and I'm not, yeah. And then I went back. You went to go back next to year. It. I was like, ah, you know what? <laughs> I thought about it. You know, <laughs> what are some of the hardest things about this as a career, though, for people who don't know? The hardest thing is really trying to. It's not even about being funny. It's really more so about trying to get noticed it's it's about trying to get somebody to see something in you that nobody else can see you know there's a billion comics out here there's a thousand funny people i think i think dan is hilarious you know like <laughs> <Our> producer <laughs> dan, but, i don't i couldn't yeah i mean but <laughs> being funny and then being stand-up funny is two right. different things yeah but there's mm -hmm. so many funny people out here it's a matter of being able to to have someone see something in you, like I said, to be like, she's different. Mm -hmm. You know, she, everybody was like, oh, she reminds me of a young Monique. Oh, she reminds me of a this, this, this. And then you see my set and be like, I've never seen anything like this. Right. I've never seen anybody like her, you know, and I think we could do this with her. You know, so the hardest thing right now for me is like trying to find an agent that's going to benefit me. Okay. You know, and to to represent me the way I want to be represented. You know, I don't want to be represented as, yep, she just the big girl comic and she just going to come out here and You're tell big, big girl, girl jokes all day. You're not the big girl just Pam. I, but that's but that's how they want to represent me. They want they want to brand me as that. And I don't mind it because that's what I represent, but I want you to see past that. I don't want you to only see that when you see me. I want you to be like Forget the female, forget the black, forget the big girl. This woman was funny. funny. That's it. Because funny is universal. Yes. But certain people relate, relate to different jokes differently. Right. There are certain things that you'll say that I could understand <laughs> I and know. someone else might not get it. <laughs> Right. You know right. what I'm saying? Like a di So when you go into these different uh, rooms, mm -hmm. depending on the audience, do you tailor your material? My set kind of works whatever okay and traveling with um with the plastic cup boys taught me that mm -hmm. um they always say you want to have a set that's universal you know because at first i was tailoring my material and i'm like oh lord it's all white people in here you know <laughs> so i'm like hello everyone <laughs> i am just pam i'm pamela you know <laughs> and then i found that when i was doing that my material wasn't hitting the way it was hitting mm -hmm. and they was like just be you. Right. And my mom said that. She said, just be you. Give them you and they will love you. And that's exactly what I did. So I stopped tailoring my material. Mm -hmm. um, I have certain jokes that I know. I'm going to do this joke in here because this is a Hispanic joke. And everybody in here is Hispanic. They're going <laughs> to love this joke. Okay. I might do that, but I won't tailor it anymore. Mm -hmm. So 
Now, I remember Joe Coy had talked about getting a special and how he ended up having to film his own and then sell it. Mm-hmm. Okay, so is that something... And tell me your thoughts on this. Like, we've seen recently Monique did the deal with Netflix. Mm -hmm. After all the drama that happened, that went down, Mm -hmm. right? And then we look at Joe Corey's approach, which is like, okay, I had to put it together myself, finance it, and then sell it. What's your approach? I think that unless you actually have somebody, like I said, you have somebody that's like... I believe in her. I know where we could take this. I'm going to fund it, finance it, this, this, and this. If you don't have that, but you believe in you, you're going to have to back your own project. Mm -hmm. You know, um, Naeem, um, I just filmed a pilot with Naeem. Um, Oh, I didn't know about this. Oops. Sorry, nah. Tell me, tell me, (laughs) tell me about it. Tell us more. You got to wait and see. I can't say nothing, but <laughs> we did just film a pilot um, not too long ago um, that, you know, we're really excited about. He's really excited about it. Okay, good. Um, you know, but like I said, it, if we want to do a special, you know, um, Eli's actually writing a movie and I'm like co-writing with him mm-hmm. and we feel like we may have to fund this movie on our own, but okay. we're so passionate about how awesome it's coming out. We like. We're going to have to take out a loan. We're going to have to call somebody. The, the FCC, BET, uh, I don't know who <laughs> we're going to call. <laughs> <laughs> but like I said, when you believe in, you know, your craft and you really know, like every time I get off the stage and I get this response from the crowd, I'll be like, wow, I'm really funny. You mm-hmm. know, they really, you know, and it's not me saying it, it's their reaction to me. And they make me feel like. I was really meant to do this, you know, so I want to keep going. I want more people to see my comedy. I want people to see my face and be like, oh, that's her, you know. Um, you know, my Instagram. Remember um, last time I talked to you and I talked to you about my Instagram? Yes, indeed. Yep. And <laughs> we were, like, doing videos and stuff. And, like, and you've been consistent because I think consistency is important. Yes. And now, you know, my Instagram is, like, slowly getting to that point. And I'm just like... It almost happened overnight, right. but it was literally after that conversation. That wasn't that long ago because that was when we did lip service. Mm-hmm. And from then to now, it was like, it's a significant. That's difference. great. It makes you feel like keep pushing. Keep and, you pushing. know, you're fortunate in that you had Naeem, who you were able to call, and he's like, come on, and he's helped you. But do you feel like, because I've heard a lot of things about gatekeepers and about people not wanting to help other people out in this industry. What's your experience been like, besides with Naeem? I'm gonna say I've been pretty fortunate to to run across people who genuinely be like, I love her, mm-hmm. you know, for whatever reason, you know. And a lot of people be like, What is it that you're doing? Why do you know? Why does everybody love just Pam? And I'm like, I don't know, because I'm not doing anything different. Um, you know, it's just like if they meet me or they see me for the per- first time, they always like. I got a show I want to put you on. And they'll call me. I'm like, yeah, we saw you at the such and such. And I'm like, I wasn't even performing. I was just sitting <laughs> in the audience, you know. So it's actually been, I can't say that that's been my case. That's good. That's great. Now, we like to hear that. Mm-hmm. What do you think is one of, if you had to say, the most classic stand-up special <laughs> that you've watched over and over and over again um, that you feel like is perfection? Uh, what would you say? I would say... Um, Martin Lawrence, you so crazy. Okay. That is my <laughs> that is my favorite stand-up. What are all over your body? Yes, yep, I think I know that verbatim from beginning to end. Like when that came out, 
I, I remember when I watched, was it uh, Delirious, Eddie Murphy Delirious. That's when he had a red leather outfit? Red leather suit. Okay. And I watched it. It was hilarious, but I didn't understand it enough. Mm-hmm. But I thought it was hilarious. But when I watched You So Crazy, I understood you everything was that was going on. <laughs> and it was like the funniest thing I ever seen. So, yes, that's like my all time. I could watch it over and over again and I won't get tired of it. So what does success look like to you now? That is a great question. Success for me right now is me being in a position of comfortability, um, you know, being able to, like I said, share my craft with, you know, really with the world. Honestly, you know, I want to move into acting i want to move everything that i want to do i feel like i'm going to be successful at it so i can't really categorize success as one thing because Mm -hmm. there's so many different layers of what success you know i'm saying is to me you know i could be successful at comedy but i don't feel like that's necessarily going to make me successful you know because i want to be a successful comedian i want to be a successful actress you know i want to you know i want to be a writer i want to there's so many things that i want to do so once i could take all the layers together and i'm sitting back and everything is working for me then i'll be like wow i'm successful Got your own payroll coming in. There it is. There it is. Yes. <laughs> well, Jess Pam, let everybody know how they can find you and also keep up with you, go to the shows, watch the sketches, all of that. Yes. Um, you can find me on social media, on Instagram, at I am underscore Jess Pam. Um, I have shows and stuff posted. I'm actually, um, I have a show coming up on March 23rd. It's mm-hmm. in Jersey. So if y'all in Jersey. Hometown, baby. Yes. So if y'all in Jersey. And you don't follow me. Follow me on Instagram because I'm going to be giving away um, three sets of tickets to this show. So that's six tickets that I'm going to give away. Um, so, but you got to follow me on Instagram and then DM me and just say, way up with ye in your <laughs> comment so that I know. Um, and I'm going to pick three people, uh, three sets of people to come to the show. And that's a good date. Now, I always feel like the comedy club is, the, even though lately I've seen some viral moments of people breaking up at the comedy mm-hmm. club. But other than that, it's a great date night. If, yes, it If is. your relationship is strong. Yes. So I'll be there. <laughs> um, Jonathan Martin is going to be performing. Comedian CJ Cracks. Um my partner um comedian Eli Rich is going to be there and a lot of other com- comics so um shout out to comedian Eli Rich too Eli Rich. that's my okay. backbone right there <laughs> I love um, it so definitely make sure y'all hit me up um again I am underscore just Pam hit that follow button and like let's I go said, to Jersey let's get it let's get it let's get it you won't be sorry all right just Pam thank you so much this is Mastery of Comedy on Way Up with Angela Yee Angela Yee and I love to travel. My friends in the U.S. Virgin Islands and I are inviting you to experience their beautiful islands of St. Thomas, St. Croix, and St. John. USVI is literally one of my favorite places. If you're traveling from the U.S., no passport is required, making travel hassle-free. I love the food, the people, the culture, and the beaches. Gorgeous. Add USVI to your vacation list by heading to visitusvi.com. That's visitusvi.com. USVI, naturally in rhythm.
Hey, ladies, it's Angela Yee. As women, we put our hearts into everything. May is High Blood Pressure Education Month, and it's time to focus on our heart health. Release the Pressure wants to help black women look at self-care as an act of self-preservation. During High Blood Pressure Education Month, let's help get to our goal of 100,000 black women putting their hearts first and learn more about their heart health. Visit iHeartRadio.com slash RTP for official rules and a chance to receive a $1,000 gift card to take care of yourself and prioritize your heart health. That's iHeartRadio.com slash RTP. Delve into the visceral world of hip-hop. With the Gangster Chronicles, hosted by MC8 and Big Steel, is every Thursday a podcast that aims to unravel the intricate tapestry of one of music's most influential and misunderstood subgenres, gangster rap. Let's go. Gangster Chronicles unpacks the evolution of this uniquely American art form, offering listeners a comprehensive understanding of the significance this genre holds. Listen to the Gangster Chronicles on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, or wherever you get your podcasts.